Okay, so Ryan told we continue in the Sefer Nefesh Shimshon. We are on the first three brachas of Birchas Hashachar. We did Al Natilas Yadayim. We did Asher Yotzar of Elokaina Shema. Now we got one more, and that's Birchas HaTorah, the Torah blessings. The first bracha is we thank, we bless God, you command us, La Asok Bidivrei Torah. To engage in the words of Torah, then we have a share uh, and then and then we said make the Torah sweet for us. Then we say you chose us from all the people. So this is also part of Birchas Hashachar, because it's also a thanksgiving to Hashem for the awesome kindness that we can sense. This is interesting. You might say, "What do you mean I can sense?" Torah is the mind. What's there to sense? He gives a beautiful explanation. Amen. So the rabbis tell us in the Gemara and Durham, why was the base of Migdash destroyed? And they had a lot of trouble understanding why until Hashem had to help us and say, and the way the Gemara explains it is, they did not make the birchas Torah first. They learned Torah, but they didn't make the brachas. So obviously there's something very important about these brachas. <coughs> so the Ran <coughs> brings from Rabbeinu Yonah. Why did they not make the bracha first? Because they didn't think Torah was that important in their eyes that it's worthy to make a bracha before that. So what, what does that mean? So the Jewish people understood a bracha you make on something you feel. You feel it's, it's something. And they felt it wasn't something that you really sensed any pleasure. Okay, let's explain this. They understood there's an idea you make a bracha before food, for bread. Certainly Hashem gives you this, you understand it, you appreciate it, you give him a bracha for that. When we're walking on the ground and it's not slippery and there's no and there's gravity, we understand rokaha oritz al hamoyim. We appreciate we have terra firma to walk on. Every breath, fine, that's very good, uh, and uh, we un- we understand. Also, you take a breath, you understand how important oxygen is. But they didn't understand that the truth of the matter is that Torah itself, simple meaning of Torah, is our oxygen, is our bread. Besides all the depth and the Kabbalistic stuff and how we're mamish making the world exist way beyond what we can understand, it's, it's, it's unbelievable in that. Okay, but that can be too hard for us to fathom. But to understand that it is mamish a pleasure that you're having. See, the, the real question is, what kind of bracha is birchas ha On the one hand, we say God commanded us to engage in Torah. It's a command. But then, on the other hand, after we say that initial bracha, then we said, Hashem, make the Torah sweet. That's a very interesting thing. Why is part of the bracha make the Torah sweet? And then we thank Hashem. He chose us from all the people. He gave us the Torah. So what does it mean? And here is the point that they didn't get and many Jews don't get. 
You make a bracha for eating bread, Hashem gave you a gift. It's mamash a gift. Learning Torah is a gift, not just of the mind, but it's a physical pleasure comes out of learning Torah. Like any other birchas hashachar that we do, they're all things we can sense if we would pay attention. Remember we said yesterday, well, should you be grateful that your foot works well? Yeah, but you don't think about it until you hurt your foot. Okay, it's not God's problem. You should pay attention. Okay, if I pay attention, I appreciate you gave me feet that walk. I pay attention, I can breathe oxygen. Okay, I pay attention, you give me food. If you pay attention, you understand it's a simple physical pleasure. So what's going on over here, when we are learning Torah, if you would just pay attention, it's the greatest physical pleasure you could have. Now, let's see, well, how can you prove that to me? Very simple. Look at a person who doesn't have any Torah, how he lives and how he behaves. How do they behave? Even Jews who don't have any Torah, how do they behave? Do they have a moral compass? Does anybody without Torah have a moral compass? Even we'll say the moral non-Jews, their moral compass blows with the wind, depending what the morals are. The Torah refines us. That's what the Lord says. What does it, what does it matter to God if we slaughter an animal, you know, cutting both sides, one side? What does it matter to God? But the whole Torah is there to refine us. It's to refine us. So isn't being refined a pleasure? Isn't, isn't living with the MS? You know, a lot of times people live their lives. They make decisions. And they turn out that what they decided was foolish and was a failure. And they spend all that time on something that was a failure. What the Torah, you spend time learning Torah, what is going to happen? You will be a more refined and dignified person. That is a pleasure more than anyone else. Do you want to be the people who, who the, these ambassadors for these Palestinians who say we were totally justified in decapitating and burning babies? There's nothing to say sorry about. It's not the terrorists. It's those represent, you know, someone who goes to the UN. Nothing to be sore about. It, Israel is the problem here. Okay, what kind of nuts are you? Let's take it even simpler. If a per, if a Jew would say, go to a rabbi, I have a child to ask you, a boy or a girl, so I feel much more comfortable with the other gender. We say, sorry, the Torah does not even allow it. Really, if you feel that way, the Torah says you have mental problems and we will help you. We will help you. Now, if a five-year-old says he thinks he's a girl, we'll, 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 we'll do a sex change on you right away. And then the kid wakes up 12 years later and says, what did I do to myself? That's not an intellectual pleasure. That is a physical pleasure. Right, do you understand? You, you avoid all these problems. Torah gives you clarity. 
Just like when we say Asher Yotzer, we have to remind ourselves and visualize what happens if you're in the emergency room because a certain part of your body doesn't work. So we have to visualize, think about it, all of us. Think about it. What would I be if I was raised in a secular Jewish home? I know what I would be, a rotten person. Be a rotten person. I would have gotten divorced for sure. I probably wouldn't even been a faithful husband. Because I would have had such different moral values. Probably my kids would marry out, maybe commit suicide, who knows. I'd be very successful. That I know, I'd be very rich. I would have been the doctor my mother wanted me to be. I'm smart in those days for sure. You didn't have to be that smart to be a doctor 40 years ago. Just work hard, you'd be a doctor. We weren't all the Asians then to make it hard. I'd been a successful doctor, made a lot of money, but I'd be a terrible person. So I know exactly what I'd be without the Torah. And each and every one of us has to think about that. So now that you have the Torah, forget about the depth of the, the mystical understanding, but simply the lifestyle. It's such a pleasure. So we should not think of Torah merely as a spiritual thing, which it certainly is. And that is the greatest part of Torah, for sure. But can't we appreciate just the mundane, physical pleasure of the Torah? And that should make us a different, physically orientated person. And that is itself. And when the Jews felt that, you know, learning Torah was not that, they felt it was an, another obligation from Hashem. If it's another obligation, then you're doing it all together different. You try to figure what's the minimum amount I should do or what what um, um, benefits I get that are not so special and so holy. Maybe I'm just learning Torah to get covered, to get honored. But And therefore, why should I make a bracha on it? It's, it's not a bracha that I'm getting any pleasure out of it. If you think Torah is not a pleasure, then what is it? Know what it is? An anchor. Peace. An anchor that doesn't let you free, that no freedom. It's the person who thinks that Shabbos is a 24-hour uh, prison sentence under house arrest. But if Torah is a pleasure, that means Shabbos is a pleasure. So that means the whole, and remember, the base of Middash and everything that represents is the closest that we feel to Hashem. So if you don't think God gave you something pleasurable, then how are you going to feel close to Hashem? And once you feel it's a burden, that may learn Torah, but the rest just doesn't work out at all. So this is to understand that it was put in as a birchas hashachar, a morning blessing, because you get a physical pleasure that has to be understood in a physical way. You have a lifestyle that, that's regulated in a positive way that shows us not to be extreme in certain areas, not to be addicted in certain areas. If you really are studying Torah sincerely, and that's part of what we say, it should be learned lishma for the sake of Torah. That will give you physical pleasure. And that's why part of the bracha is we ask Hashem, make the Torah sweet. Why do we tell make it sweet? 
to realize it's a good physical pleasure. That's why for, for all of Jewish history, when little children came to learn Torah at a very young age, three years old and up, we would, we would and they learned the alphabet, we would put honey on the letters of the alphabet. Child must have a physical pleasure from it. They got to realize Torah is not only an intellectual pleasure, not only a Kabbalistic pleasure, it is mamish, a physical pleasure. And if you don't feel that way, then the base of Migdash cannot stand. Okay. Now, uh, where am I up to now? Oh, so now there's a little deeper Musr that we can understand from this as well. There's another idea. We have to understand whatever pleasure we have in this world, on the one hand, deducts from your reward in the world to come. Let me explain. Rabbi Yitzhola Blazer, one of the great students of Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, he talked a lot about this. And he had a statement that he said in the name of Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, we'll explain that statement. He says, this world is a very expensive hotel. Okay, imagine last time he went to a hotel. Okay, went to a hotel for a wedding. Last time I went to a hotel was in August, my nephew's wedding, my great-nephew's wedding. Go to the hotel, it's a nice hotel. It costs about $220 US. For what? For, you know, less than 24 hours just staying in a room. That's about all they gave me. It was a nice room. Can you imagine now if I lived there all year long? Maybe they gave me a discounted rate. That's very expensive. And what if I would have ordered food? Very expensive living in a hotel. Says Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, every pleasure that you get costs a lot. You got to pay a ship for it. So um, how do you get, how do you pay for it? Well, whatever you did a mitzvah. It's going to cost. Hashem's got to deduct. Let's think. Okay, today I lived a whole day. I was in a free hotel. I'm on planet Earth. I'm alive. There was food. There's all kinds of things. I could breathe. All these things. I wonder what the bill for one day is. What's the bill for one day in a hospital? Even if they're not plugging you up to machines. Whatever. It's It's a lot. So Hashem should say, okay, here's the bill. Okay, so um, how do I pay? Oh, the mitzvahs. Okay, so you pay the mitzvahs. But then where's your olam haba coming from? Well, from the mitzvahs I do. But wait a minute, you you can't double dip. The mitzvahs are paying because you owe God. So by the time you're finished paying God, how much of olam haba is left? However... It depends who you are doing these things for. Why am I sleeping in a comfortable bed? Why am I eating a delicious meal? Is it for my own pleasure? Then I got to pay. If it is in service of Hashem, then Hashem doesn't charge us. And then it's not a hotel stay. How do we understand this? Let's say there's someone who stays in a hotel. So if he's there, like I was there, then I gotta pay for everything, right? But what if 
you're a worker in the hotel. And it's a very faraway hotel, so you have to sleep. The obligation is to sleep in the hotel. And you prepare the meals, and, and you have no, and therefore, the hotel provides you with a room, provides you with food, and you don't have to pay. You know why? Because you're working for the hotel. So the same thing when we serve Hashem. So just like, listen to this, just like for Chilul Hashem, there's no kapara except for death or very extreme. But we always talk about it that way, but let's flip it around. What about Kiddush Hashem? What's the reward for that? Someone who sanctifies God's name, guess what? We don't deduct from those mitzvahs. Because you're doing it all for Hashem. And Hashem has to pay. Okay, I'm, I'm making Kiddush. You know I'm making Kiddush? Because Hashem told me to sanctify the Shabbos. Hashem told me to prepare a meal. Hashem said prepare a good meal because I'm visiting. I want to see how much you love the Shabbos. And you make Kiddush and you mean it. Mikadesh HaShabbos. And all the work I'm doing is to make the Shabbos holy. You never have to have a nice glass of wine on the table as instructed. Beautiful challah so I can make a mozi. A meal that's fit for the table of a king. But I really mean it. So Hashem says, you know what? I, I got to pay you. I got to pay you. So therefore... He says you got to be really careful, says Rabbi Yisrael Solantar. Somebody is eating very yummy food and you're doing it just for yourself. You could be ruining your whole world to come. Or it could be even one sight of something. You have to remember, you, you can have certain pleasures that's unbelievable. Okay? And you have to pay for this. Hashem is giving us a lot of things. Especially now, we live in a world of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's a world of chesed, of incredible chesed, right? Uh, and uh, like everything, your teeth work, everything's working, right? Life is, the way Hashem made it is, is amazing. But still, the Gemara says, anyone who takes pleasure from this world without a bracha, it's like he has, what's the word Wrong. I want? Uh, appropriated, misappropriated the funds to himself. So what? that's the word is mi'ilah in Hebrew. What does mi'ilah mean? So, for example, we ask you, um, okay, during your lifetime, okay, what's your favorite food, Shlomo? What? Steak. Steak. So they're going to say, okay, Shlomo, in your whole life, let's say you had a, a thousand kilograms of steak. Okay. Okay. So now, is that all the chesed Hashem did for you? You had more than that. You had many, much more. We're going into Hashem's store and we're buying things, right? All kinds of things. And, you know, when, when we go out of the store on any given day, you, every day you go to the store, you got 24 hours of oxygen. What does that cost? 24 hours of a healthy body. What does that cost? Food. What does that cost? 
all these things you come out. Hashem says, this is the bill for today. What about the mitzvahs you did? I don't even know if I could pay for the what you benefited. Okay. And this is the major problem. The major problem. And now especially, the world now has even more to offer than it ever offered. You ever think about that? How much pleasure do we get 300 years ago in Poland? You had potatoes every day. That's about it. You had luxury of food. Can you imagine how much luxury of food we have? How much pleasure Hashem has given us? Do you know what kind of bill is going to come out at the end? Oh, I did mitzvahs. <laughs> Let's rack it up. Uh, used to owe a lot. Forget about Olam Haba. Used to owe me a lot. But here's the problem that because it's so seductive, we're not thinking a lot. A lot of the, even the mitzvahs that we do, even the mitzvahs that we do, without thinking, we really do it more for ourselves than for HaKadosh Baruch Because you get used to doing it. It's a routine. It's also a routine. You like to stay in the routine. A retired person learns a couple hours of Torah a day. That's a nice hobby, better than golf. But at the end of the day, he starts to enjoy it. And he might forget about Hashem. He says, oh, I got a great routine every day. I get up in the morning. I exercise. I go to shul. Put on tefillin, daven. I learn Torah. I eat breakfast. It's part of the routine. How do you know you're doing it for Hashem? Maybe we're doing it for ourselves. Right? Now, if you believe that, for example, you're an ambassador of Hashem, then there's no problem. You're the maitre d' for Hashem's world. That's not a problem. But the truth of the matter is, and here is the real question. You wake up in the morning. Do you wake up in the morning feeling, Baruch Hashem, I woke up in the morning and now I can put on tefillin? Is that what you're thinking? I'm, first thoughts in the morning. I'm getting up in the morning so I can daven, put on tefillin, learn Torah, do chesed. No, most people get up in the morning so that they can live, so that they can enjoy life, to eat and drink. Man, it's a great day today, man. We're having a, a, a great supper tonight. My wife's making steak night. Man, I can't wait for the steak. Okay? Now, and therefore, okay, and what are we... Uh, what are we thinking about when we're diving Shmon You think about what's for breakfast. What's for supper? Here's the question. How about when you're eating, do you think of what's for Shmon Esrei? You're eating supper, right? I wonder what's going to be for Marv. Right? We don't think that way. You're saying, wow, this is, don't don't bother me with anything. I enjoy this meal. And on top of that, you're watching on the computer as you're eating, so it's like your mom is on all sides, you're just enjoying maximum pleasure. You don't think about the mitzvahs you're eating. So how can you not expect your, your mitzvahs to get deducted from all the pleasures in the world? The answer is, someone makes a bracha with kavana, it's not a deduction from the world. And when we bless Hashem and thank Hashem for what He gives us, it's like, as it were, we're returning it to Him. 
which mystically is called the Or Choser, the returning light. There's an Or Yashar, a direct light. The direct light is Hashem giving us. You biting into that steak, that's a result of the Or Yashar. The direct light is coming to you. Now, what do you do? Say, if you just eat it and enjoy it and forget about it, that's it. The light came in, nothing happened. But if you say, Mamish Hashem, I appreciate you gave me a steak. It's such a good taste. It tastes amazing. You know why? And you created this because you love me. And I appreciate it so much. And I love you so much for giving me this steak. And I know the steak has proteins. And now I should have the ability to serve you better. And it's easier for me to serve you when I've had a good steak. I'm satiated. And I'm trying to rectify all the mystical holy sparks that this cow once had. Okay. Now I'm giving back to Hashem. That's the Or Choser. The light's coming back. So when we return everything back to Hashem, it's like we didn't get anything. It's like he was depositing it with us. He deposited a stake with us and we sent the stake back even better. Remember, if someone deposits something with you, I didn't, I didn't get it. I give it back. I got a stake. I didn't keep it. I gave it back. How did you give it back? I gave it back by thanking you, appreciating you, loving you. I didn't mind to fix up the holy sparks. I have in mind now that I can now learn Torah without falling asleep and being hungry. And I return it. So it's like I never got anything from Hashem. And the hotel is not expensive. Okay, but, but, but that's only going to come if we understand, you know, what the mitzvahs are about. That we have a physical pleasure of Torah. And now with all these, we've discussed all the physical benefits. So what I'm really doing at this point in time because really remember first thing in the day you're dying I've not really enjoyed anything of Hashem's world that much yet okay I got to breathe I got to walk okay but it's still you're half asleep you're in shul now you want to make a focus for the day so what's the focus for the day is God I have so many physical pleasures to thank you for Hashem please help me that as I'm engaged with every single physical pleasure I return it back to you because then it's not for me. And now all the mitzvahs I do, I, nothing gets deducted because I understand I'm the ambassador. Okay, I need to have certain things to be the ambassador. You know, I have to go to shul. I need a car. Come on, I need a car. You want me to spend the whole day walking back and forth to shul? If you give me a car, I can go to shul quickly. I can come early to shul. I'm not exhausted the time I come to Shul. This is the Or Choser that we are showing to Hashem. And that's that's such, such a critical point. Okay. Now, a third point. Uh, another point that's even deeper than this. So, so far we've been saying, listen, if we understand what the pleasures are, we understand who's giving us, we're keeping a connection. But now on top of that, we're returning it back to Hashem. So it doesn't deduct from us. And that means our mitzvahs get full value. And often, even what we're doing in the mundane world is part of mitzvahs itself. And I'm getting value for that and not losing it. And then he goes in, I hope we can squeeze it in here. We don't got a lot of time. There's a pasuk in Shir Hashirin. Hasibi Har Hivuni. 
Hashem is saying, cast your eyes away from me because if not, they overwhelm me. Rashi says, referring to the second base of Midrash, when it did not have the Ark and did not have the Kaporas. And Hashem is asking the Jewish people, turn their eyes away from Hashem. Because if the Jewish people are really looking for Hashem with, with eyes of yearning, Hashem can't hold himself back. If we're crying out to Hashem, he can't hold himself back. He's got to give us what we're asking from him, just like it was in the first base Hamikdash. But the second base of has a much lower level. But he's saying, if you really are going to look with eyes of yearning to me, I can't say no. Which means, today, when a Jewish person says, Baruch ato Hashem Elokeinu Melech with Kavana, you're blessing Hashem and you're showing a longing for Hashem. You're expressing your, your feelings to Him. You take a piece of bread. And he says, this piece represents God's tremendous kindness to me. I'm full of warm, yummy feelings towards Hashem. And I start describing my yummy feelings. Baruch Atah. Hashem, you're the source of all my goodness in the world. Infinite pleasure. And you are Melech Olam. You're the king over everything. And you're the one, and in spite of your greatness, you care about me having a little piece of bread. And that just opens up the the, the, the floodgates. And just like it says himself, just like more than the calf wants to nurse, the mother cow wants to nurse more. Because it just can't hold it back in. And that's what Hashem is saying. You better turn away from me because if you are looking straight at me and everything's from Hashem, if you have the yummy, warm feelings to me, Guess what? I feel more that I have to give to you than what you feel that you have to take as it were. Okay? In other words, you don't have to give me the thanks as much as I have to give you the thanks. Because when you generate a love to me, you know how special that is to Hashem? That shows what kind of connection of love you have. And if somebody gives someone a gift, okay, Sometimes the giver turns into the receiver if the receiver appreciates it so much. Thank you for letting me feel so good to give to you. And that's what Hashem is saying. If Hashem gives us gifts, we have to know how to pay them back, you know, with our, with our mitzvahs. But if Hashem is giving out of a sense of love, and Hashem says, you know what? I'm benefiting by giving to you. You're showing your appreciation. You know, why is it, you know, I, on Hanukkah, I'm going to like giving presents to my grandchildren. They're doing me a favor. Because they know how much they love me and how much th th this gift is, is an expression of our love towards each other. You know, it's the worst thing. Kids say, ah, Xavier, I don't need your presents. But when they say it's coming from love, oh, please, can I have this? And I'm able to give you it. It's a giving of love. It's like two people who love each other. And as each one gives, that one is showing their love more than the other. And one gift gives to another. Just like a wedding ring. Same idea. Or a simple idea. You go to Makolas. You pick up a bunch of things, yeah? You got to pay for it, right? Now, what if you going... To, the owner of the Makolas invites you for dinner. And you eat the same things. He doesn't charge you. How come? He's happy that you should eat. 
Same thing with Hashem. He's got a business. There's a business in this world. If you have a business relation with Hashem, okay, you give me, I have to owe you a mitzvah. Business is business. But if we're lovers, so he says, Hashem, I, I need it so badly. I desperately need from you. Because I know you're the only one can do it. I said, oh, I have to give him. I have to give him. It makes me feel good. So it makes him feel good. And we're the ones coming to him. So what we did Hashem a favor, as it were. And therefore, you don't have to worry about any deductions. Okay, we'll stop it over there.